When you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, you have to do something. Welcome to PBN. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter.com and Blue Sky at Braden Gall. I'm Jamie Holland. You can follow this show on X, but I'm not posting there. That's Braden doing all that at Pod Bless Nash. And on Instagram at Pod Bless Nashville. There you have it. Some tech news in both the state of Tennessee and around the country. Of course, there was a New Hampshire primary, so we can discuss that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, we've got some revenue information and a bunch of money sitting around that needs to get put to use. We've got bills being filed all over the state. We've got bail being denied as a constitutional right to some folks in the poten- potentially in the state of Tennessee. And we have a giant... Almost a literal shit show in the Metro Council and Metro Government and Mayor's Office all together right now. It's it's just a mess. It's a mess over there, Jamie. They were talking shit on Tuesday night, huh? They were talking about literal shit this week in the council. Uh, yes, a sewer, a sewage treatment Not plant. Elon sewer, but no. the real deal sewer. And, and, and just for the record, it, it only covers about a third of the east bank development just they're going to need a more than just one shit plant they're going to need two shit plants no just one bigger one not two <laughs> yeah one the other one is will be with oracle but that's neither here nor there so a lot of stuff to do today on the show quick note coming up on the podcast feed you're not going to want to miss this special conversation with melissa alexander covenant mom of course who's turned into a bit of an activist we've had a full conversation with her and we'll do a full separate episode so that's coming up on the feed so make sure you turn on those notifications rate review subscribe only i know you love this just say five stars five stars only you love this five stars let's call her an advocate an advocate okay not an activist okay but an advocate is activist a negative term pejorative okay fair advocate uh but we will have a great conversation with her and uh in a very interesting episode about what's taking place around the issue of firearms in the state of tennessee so that's coming up on the feed not this episode but coming up on the feed however before we do any of that jay we are here at pbn brought to you by eighth and roast and first tuesday of february note Braden, i will be there at 8 a.m are you challenging people no, but who claim that eight thirty is too early? <laughs> Some people are claiming it's too late. Oh, Brad. really? Really? So I'll, I'll be there by eight okay. a.m. on the first Tuesday of February, which is coming up, of course, very soon. That will be February sixth. <laughs> Based on what happens between now and then with the Metro Council, the East Bank Development Transit Referendum, and the Mayor's Office, which, by the way, is supposed to announce something on transit between now and that meeting. It sounds like we're going to have a lot to talk about when we gather at 8th and Roast in the Charlotte Avenue location over on the west side of town. Jamie will be there at 8. The rest of us will get there at 8.30. Ish. Ish. And uh, hopefully just have a good quality, thoughtful discussion about all the important issues of our time. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Better beans, more ethically sourced, higher quality roast, delicious at your house. Also, great sandwiches for breakfast. You can get a great cup of coffee over there at 8th and Roast. So go check them out, 8th and Roast. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, we'll see you on the 6th, everybody. In the interim, you might connect (laughs) on Council Connect. 
Can you do that yet? Soft launch underway. Okay. Non-members, you can only view. I've tried to view, click on it, but it doesn't allow me to do anything yet. But that could be user error. Maybe somebody will set me straight at 8th and Rose. Okay. <laughs> on the first Tuesday. On the first Tuesday. So, at eight. so he, here's the deal. It's hard to, to explain everything that took place with the Metro Council, the East Bank Development, the Mayor's Office, the Transit Referendum, all in one big conversation. But I think to tie it all together, Jamie, it, it feels like we've had not just the first 100 days of the Freddie O'Connell administration and the new council, but that it is extremely chaotic sort of across the board here. Some of this, apparently, all these bills getting pulled in this most recent meeting was due to Zolfat Suara not being in a committee meeting the night before. Council member Suara. Council member, excuse me. Um, and they're... Much of that is going to work itself out, and so the chaos of the actual meeting itself, I don't think, is the is as important. We can get to particular arts commission nominees that may, well, for, for the may record, or may not have been nominated, and you couldn't find anyone else in the city of Nashville that doesn't have a weird track record. Like I get, it was chaotic. I get it. For the record, it started late. It did, and I could tell the vice mayor <laughs> was a bit perturbed by that. And it started a spiral that carried on throughout the meeting. Because you had some early public commenters who tried, I, to, tried to hijack it. I have sent whatever. an email to my District 6 council member to ask what he is doing to solve international crises. <laughs> Good job, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my part. That's a five-star email right there. I'm doing, I'm doing my part. Uh, so I, there's a lot of different ways to look at this. Certainly, so uh, <laughs> Tanisha Hall, who was brought in just a couple of like what a couple of weeks ago, just in December of last year, to help work on the transit referendum. Forty-five calendar days. She Forty-five was on the job. calendar days. She has left. It has been reported by the mayor's office that this is because of her. Uh, her other work in the private sector where she is a, a minority owner and would lose that if she does government work. That is what the mayor's office is claiming, of course. We have the East Bank development. Braden, that's called cap. <laughs> that is, uh, th th those are the thoughts and opinions of Jamie Holland at J.R. Holland on Twitter. I do have a theory I want to float to you about transit in a second, though. But Twitter's dead at six. East Bank, we had Bob Mendez, of course, the East Bank czar, present a whole lot of new stuff. It's the stadium's changing directions now, Jamie. It's not going to go north-south. It's going to go east-west, which if you think about it as a football fan, that's a lot of sun into the uh, into, <laughs> into the stadium uh, during about noon. I like sun after this last 10 days or so. That's true. I'm, I'm, I'm sun-welcoming. I was thinking more about the wide receivers trying to catch passes and punts and stuff. We that, have wide receivers? D-Hop? Uh, yeah, there's one. There's a pretty good one. There's a couple others. NWIs going to the Pro Bowl. Well, <laughs> that's cap. <laughs> and I like NWI. I love NWI. Anyway, one of the most important moments from the East Bank meeting and conversation was that this was a basically the quote from Bob Mendez, who is the czar, of course, of the East Bank, is that there is, and I'm, I'm calling him that, by the way, is that there is, this is a three. Not necessary to say. Yeah, three. That's not that's not on the nameplate. <laughs> Is it with a T or a C? I don't know. It three Yet. three full term mayors is just the first thirty acre IDA development timeline. That is that means the six the whatever it is five hundred fifty acres is that 
Am I right on that? The full full size of the whole East Bank all the way up to Oracle. The the Metro Metro Nashville owns 110 acres of that, but the first 30 is what's being talked about, debated, negotiated on right now. And you know they agreed finally to 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 build the shit tank, the sewage plant there. T T Pack got a pretty nice spot. They did. <laughs> There's a lot of money, and T Pack's going to put in a lot of money, but Metro's putting in a lot of money too. And I can get we can break down some of those figures. This Ultimately, infrastructure, the state's picking up most right. all of that tab. Right. But again, three two term mayoral administrations is what they are projecting timeline wise for just the first 30 acres, which is, of course, the most immediate territory around new Nissan Stadium. Uh, all of that, of course, there's some affordable housing that's being reported to be a part of that deal. It seems like a lot less than people think. It's about 1,500 total units, but only less than 1,000 affordable units. So housing is a big part of this conversation. Stephen Elliott talked about that last week on the show. There's more details now. But ultimately, we have all this stuff happening at the same time, like we talked about last week on the show. And it doesn't seem like it's under control from a council standpoint, a mayoral standpoint. It's just too chaotic. We need some order here in, in what, how this, all this stuff is unfolding. Order in the nation is good. Okay, that's all I got. That's it. That's it. That's okay. It's 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 a long. It's going to take a long time. But what I don't want to see is the council relitigating this case. Uh, and I'm mean, concerned. You mean for every penny on every single budget item for every piece of infrastructure? They don't have the capacity or the bandwidth or the staff. Ultimately, oh, that's clear. That's going to be. As I said before, it's a mayor's office obligation. The council's got too many other important shit to work on. Zoning reform, housing, transit. I agree. Here's ultimately where I've landed on studying all this stuff that's taking place this, this past week and a half or so. With transit, and we should get a note, we should get some information from the mayor's office here soon about whether we're moving forward or not. Certainly losing to Nisha Hall is not a good sign just in general, of things... That's no cap, bro. <laughs> things working well and progressing in the right direction. Although, all signs still point to this happening. Here, here, let me float an idea. I'm just going to float an idea here for you, Jamie. See what you think. Freddie O'Connell just ran a very good campaign and won with some pretty good numbers in a very crowded field to become the mayor of Nashville. That campaign was run very well. It was very strategic, had brilliant messaging, had it connected with certain coalitions in the city. Uh, they built certain coalitions in the city, and they tapped into sort of the attitude of the, of, of the town, used all of that, and catapulted Freddie to the mayor's office. Right? Facts, right? Facts. Facts. Marjorie Pomeroy Wallace runs the campaign. Brilliant campaign. Cannot argue that. Why not take the person who is brilliant at running the campaign and have that person run the transit campaign to get the referendum passed in November of 2024 because we have less than now 10 months to do this, and the campaign is going to be the most critical part. This is not going to be a huge project. It's not going to be even close to as big as 2018. It's not going to go as far as many transit advocates want it to go. You're going to have to run a brilliant campaign. You're going to have to build coalition. You have to do all the things that Freddie O'Connell did on the campaign trail. Sure, there might be some opportunity costs there losing an asset like that to go work on the transit referendum. But I don't know. That was a pretty 
damn good campaign, and I think we're going to need a pretty damn good campaign if you want transit to pass in November of this year. Good job, Braden. I think you're starting to be a better thinker on these issues. I think that's a great idea. That I sounds think like such a backhanded compliment. <laughs> you're sounding like you're judging my intentions again. <laughs> Back up. That's my job. Back up, that's Terry. My job. Back I just, up, Terry. I just... We, we, we need a good transit campaign. I agree. So it's going to need to have teeth. It's going to need to do a lot of good, good need to, needs to do a lot of stuff. And, and let's be honest, the mayor's office needs some wins in the next few months here. Well, particularly on the heels of, of the FUSIS contract expansion, because yet again, his legal department has shit the bed. And these are not my words. These are the words of the council attorney in the analysis relative to the contract. MNPD entered into a surveillance agreement with a company called Fusis for $175,000, which ignored the requirement of an ordinance passed in 2017. It says, if you're going to do any surveillance, well, you got to have a public hearing. And it's got to come before the council. That did not happen. But the good news is, Braden, don't you worry. Don't you worry. They're going to do it this next time. I don't know how that makes you feel, but they got it handled from here. And I love them. And they did a good job. Again, it, it is hard to talk about all these issues without just kind of connecting them all into this. This feels more chaotic than it should be right now. And that's not one person's fault. That's the council's fault. That's... The executive's fault. Uh, it, that's the fact that we're facing large issues. It's an election year, et cetera, et cetera. I get all that. And imagine you go and try to make a public records request as it relates to something fusus involved in someone's camera. Well, shout out to Scoop there, but according to the language of some documents, all public records requests that involve fusus, they want it filtered through fusus first. That and, doesn't seem right. And that is bullshit. Yeah, we, we've had some discussions on the show about public records access. You can't have private companies with contracts with the government deciding what gets to be public or not. That doesn't work. Therein lies the problem. Again. That's why you can't be intervening in public records request cases because mm -hmm. the target of the request would hire a lawyer to keep it from being public, and it won't work. So you're saying this is just going to pass next time through? Uh, we'll have a, or they'll have the, the conversation. I, I think well, what I'm really saying is we're going to find out if the council was rattling sabers, doing some bullshit. They're really going to push back, and we'll find out. TBD. What do you want to see? What <laughs> the council and the mayor's office? being more harmonious with this transit referendum and the East Bank development and all these other contracts? Like, is that what we need to see to, to gain some confidence? Or what, what does a win look like? Well, Arts Commission, last meeting, five appointments. One of those five was very controversial. There's nobody else in a nine, in a million plus person city that's qualified though, Jamie. And she has a history, not just in this state, but in Kentucky, in the city of Louisville. More than one state, you're saying. And 
I watched that rules committee meeting and some of the commentary was some of the most antagonistic shit I've ever heard in my life. And in committee, all the members of the rules committee voted in favor of recommending her appointment. But when it got to the council floor, she only received 22 yes votes, just one more than the minimum required to do it. But there was no debate, no conversation. A lot of people knew she was toxic, but there was an effort among this, amongst members of administration to get her approved. And there was a disconnect between those that voted no and those that held their nose and voted yes, because they had no idea what that went down in the rules committee. And there's an effort underway by council members and the vice mayor to maybe change the time period from when nominees go through rules to when they go on the floor, as opposed to that being immediately back to back. Because if you watch that meeting and you still voted for, like, you need to come out and say why. It's bad. Uh, Beverly Watts is her name. And I'm not sure you needed the rules committee to, to learn what you needed to learn in theory. It's bad. And I, I suspect it's going to play out poorly. Great. But we'll see. So that brings us to the state house. Also functioning in a brilliant, brilliant way. Lots of different stuff happening. And you mean both houses. You, you, yeah, you don't mean just the yeah, house. House and the, and the Senate. That's right. true. The upper and lower chambers. But of course, there was a press conference on Friday out in Memphis that included a bunch of dignitaries. Tennessee House Speaker Cam Sexton, Memphis Mayor Paul Young, Senate Majority Leader Jack Johnson, a number of other state legislators representing Memphis and Shelby County, uh, local law enforcement's. I think you have the Shelby County District Attorney, Steve Mulroy, as well. And they are going to amend the Constitution of the state of Tennessee, which I want you to get into how that actually works. What are the actual ways to do that? Because that could apply to a lot of different things in the state. But this particular issue, and we've talked about it as crime being a major issue right now in West Tennessee, but that this measure is intended to allow, quote, allow the judicial branch to have more discretion when it comes to setting or denying bail. Essentially, those arrested on violent crimes will not be allowed bail. Well, Didn't we don't we don't know what that means yet. But currently, under the Constitution, the only crimes committed where a judge can deny bail is a capital offense, aka first degree murder. All other crimes are entitled. The alleged defendant is allowed to have bail. And so they're going to come up with some other crimes that would deny that defendant the right to bail. So vis-a-vis the Constitution. So I want to get to the the mechanisms here, which are important to remember. How do you how do you amend the Constitution? That's important. But I want to point out, and because we don't we don't have the the text of the bill yet, so we don't have full. Uh, you know, I don't want to. We're not going to dive into the merits of this particular bill, but I can because you'd be pulling shit out of your ass because we don't know. That's why I'm saying it. Thank you. However, I don't think many social science scientists agree that bail is the cause of the problem here. That well, social that, scientists don't run our state. <laughs> no fucking shit. <laughs> so there's been lots of studies. Of course, there's some data from September of 21 to March of 23 that showed that 12 and a half percent of all offenses committed were alleged to have been committed by people out on bail. So 100% of crime 
12% are done by people out on bail. However, less than 1% of all offenses were violent offenses of people out on bail, which means it's not actually a major problem across the state with a few very obvious tragic exceptions that Speaker Cam Sexton is claiming. Quote, there are a lot of cases all across our state that you've seen, not just in Memphis, but all across the state, of someone who is out on bail, who's a violent criminal, who's committed another violent crime shortly thereafter that took another victim. Data doesn't necessarily back that up. But we'll see what the bill looks like. We'll let it play out. But data doesn't necessarily back that up. It's also not treating the cause. Bail, keeping people, it's all, all it's going to do is keep people in jail. We're going to fill up the jails. And sure, is that going to catch a few bad people that shouldn't be out on the streets? Absolutely, that could happen. Is it going to put a bunch of people into prison that maybe shouldn't be in prison at the time or maybe against the law? I don't know. We'll see. Well, we'll you, see. Do you know what bail is? <laughs> I, I, I understand how it works. I don't know the, the legal jargon you're about to throw at me. <laughs> you get arrested for a crime, then you get an opportunity to post bail and get out while your case is pending. And there was a murder in Memphis, a rape, beating, and a murder of a jogger. And that's one of the sparks for this. But they're doing something. And in general, I support it because that the guilty party there in Memphis was out on bail for rape. It was a tragic, it, tragic And the reason incident. he was out on bail is because the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, who is responsible for analyzing rape kits, was in excess of a year behind. And so I could see where this might be warranted under the notion of let's fucking do something if you had about read, a problem. Sure, if you'd read the bill, right? What bill? <laughs> the amendment, sorry. My apologies, sir. You got me, you got me again. I, I haven't seen it, but my general sense is that for we, it. But we have a constitutional right to to bail so but again a, if you, a tennessee constitutional right if you to could bail. if you could present me with data that this is a root cause of a problem and again i am not dis debating the complexity of this issue what is happening from a crime standpoint in west tennessee is extremely complex you there, don't need data to do shit Braden. i don't disagree with you but there's no panacea for just, just fixing this problem to love metro legal and prove that they're not running the town how you doing on that search well, they're making it really fucking hard by doing some stupid shit at the Arts Commission and other places and Fusus contract for MNPD, but otherwise, great. Love it. I, I am open-minded on what data tells us could solve problems. I'm all, that is always going to be how I look at every issue. There's also lots of data that indicates solving crime you got to start at the root. You got to start at the beginning. You got to start at the reason people need to commit crimes or feel that their only option is to commit crimes or end up in a situation where crime is what they've got left as an option. If it's mental health, then it doesn't qualify. You know, like there's just, there's, it's a very complicated issue and people feel unsafe and you need to do something about that. And I understand that. I think that's a, a good way to approach it. The new mayor of Memphis, Paul Young, at that press conference, I would submit to you along with representative antonio parkinson senator akbari bipartisan popular for the idea now what's important takeaway right now is how does one amend the constitution of the state of tennessee well you got to pass a bill 
in two general assemblies. We're currently in the second session of the 113th General Assembly. It needs 50% plus one. And then the next session, because whenever this session ends, they will adjourn sine die, and there will be an election of all the House and half the Senate. And when they adjourn, reconvene in January 2025, that will be the 114th General Assembly. And in that General Assembly, you need two-thirds to get the measure on the ballot for the people to vote on. But it's a good time to talk about what other amendments to the Constitution would you like to see oh, get, get dropped, advanced, discussed, debated? Got well, how, about, how about rolled onto the how about rolled onto the floor? Even roll it in. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, perhaps roll it in. Roll it up. <laughs> uh, look, there are many, but I think the, I believe the one we were talking about is God's plan. So fifty percent, then two thirds, multiple sessions. We'll see what we can do. The people would like to vote on God's plan. I think that would be one awesome vote. I think it'd be fun to watch the results come in on that and, that election night. And you know what else? Other benefit it might provide? Mental health benefit. Oh. Well, I, I, I think billions of dollars in tax revenue and helping people medically is probably a smart idea. Seems like an easy win for a, for a state, potentially. Maybe. Especially when you look at all the other stuff the state's proposing. <laughs> Maybe Chairman Faison in the House Republican Caucus could file such a bill. He's tried to get medical marijuana approved. Here we go. Let's try it. It is 2024. And I don't mean that because it's like an election year. I mean, like, it's 20 fucking 24. <laughs> Do the war on drugs was 45 years ago. Can we, can we just admit it didn't work and move on, please? Use science and medicine to dictate our decision making on such things. That's all. That's all. It has medicinal benefit to all. Uh, Tasser's got a draft report out on housing. Tennessee Advisory Commission on Intergovernmental Relations. You know what they say the problem is and what the solution is? The solution is we need more supply, more supply, more supply. Are you talking about God's plant still? <laughs> Do they call it a double entendre? I think so. You're the words guy, right? If not, we're making it so yeah. for the purpose of this show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, state sitting on $700 million. That they can't get distributed to people that need food. My bigger problem there, not to mention that one, but the commissioner, DHS, told a legislative panel that some department staff, a.k.a. state employees, rely on food stamps. We got a $2 billion rainy day fund. There's been some commuter, computer system snafu that is keeping folks from getting needed food assistance. All across the state, we suffered a severe weather event, and we can't get food to these people. We got to fucking do better, please. Well, we did, we did help some kids with some food last episode, so we, we are, what, the wealthiest country in the world? We can't feed people? Come on now. It's, it's spectacularly embarrassing, especially when you have big chunks of cash sitting around. Even though revenue, you know, we, we've talked a lot about revenue streams down and we've got this property tax cap thing coming and there's all kinds of stuff 
that's being debated, but there is chunks of money sitting around. How about a Tennessee bill would cap property tax increase in the state at 2% plus inflation each year. A higher percentage increase in property taxes would require a referendum. This is designed to sort of limit municipalities to control their own property tax rates. In light of the fact that Davidson County might have one of those coming soon, I assume that's what this is addressing. Yeah, that, that will be next year. Well, we've talked about that a lot on the show. Yeah. Um, otherwise. And don't be afraid to vote on it. Either way, it's not going to get you beat. Mayor Cooper had a chance to vote for a 17% property tax increase. Refused it. Failed by one vote. First year he's in office. Nope. Oh, raised it. Double that. Thank you very much. 17 sounds better than 34. According to my lawyer math. <laughs> we are in a much, much better fiscal situation, however, than we were before that property tax increase. But during COVID, eh, eh. Particularly with no tough. government employees getting laid off. Tough. Yeah, tough. Yeah. All right. So how about some uh, tech drip here? Instead of like a headline drip brought to you by Ethan Roast. Some tech drip. You've got some of the least surprising Facebook news I've ever seen in the history of my life. I, I thought it was called Meta. Uh, well, I call it Twitter.com and everyone else calls it Facebook. Which I guess Meta would include Instagram and WhatsApp as well. 100,000 children are sexually harassed daily on meta platforms. What's the source of that number? Company documents. <laughs> this, this is on the heels, of course, of all kind. I don't have all the data in front of me, but this is on the heels, of course, of a couple of months ago. Company documents, not, not, not news reports, not guesswork by the government. Company documents indicating all of the negative effects on children, all of the accounts that have been requested to be de destroyed and turned off by parents and parental guardians that were refused, that were not turned off. It is company documents. This is, this is the, anyways, I think I said it at the time on the show. This is the cigarette companies having the studies about cigarettes causing cancer in private and still selling cigarettes to children and fighting the lawsuits to keep the Surgeon General's warning off the packet or whatever. And That's the, what this is. And I hate to cross-pollinate our segments here, but I must. William Lamberth has a bill to put more stringent requirements on minors getting on those platforms and getting those accounts. We're going to require some sort of parental consent and whether that's a good thing or not. But that, I'm trying to keep my kids away from it, and that's a that's a weekly fight. But you know, getting into another one of my favorites, Braden, TikTok. TikTok. Uh, is that your favorite? I think it's my favorite to talk about. <laughs> well, my kids want the app on their phone, but too bad. They got to go through me. Oh. They got to get my approval. <laughs> too, so, too, so, it's two-parent authentication. So, <laughs> That's what it is. So far, no luck. Always used to the, the two-parent system. But probably folks didn't know that TikTok's got an office here in Nashville. And 150 Fourth Avenue North, once upon a time, used to be called, I know you'll like this, Braden, because you like old names, used to be called the Bank of America building. But now it's called the Regions and WeWork building, by the way, that led to a case at the Board of Zoning Appeals in the court. But be that as it may. I saw a documentary about how WeWork <laughs> was a Ponzi scheme, but, <laughs> but anyway, neither they, here nor there. They want to go up to 100,000 square foot of space here in Nashville. And our favorite senator... Marsha, she ain't too keen on it. So she doesn't want 
young people in Tennessee hooked on addictive substances? From the CCP. Okay. Chinese Communist Party. What about if they were produced by local United States companies? (laughs) And distributed by local United States companies? Eh, Not as much. She doesn't mind that? Not as much. Okay. I'm just, you know, I, I agree with her that TikTok is an incredibly addictive substance that we should be incredibly careful with and monitor and regulate so that our children, young people in particular, do not get exposed to these very harmful and addictive substances like TikTok. We're talking about TikTok, right? TikTok. I'm talking about TikTok. Don't stop. That's what I'm talking about. TikTok in this situation. Nothing else. Not referring to anything else. Over more, They're asking for more than 50,000 more square feet. Which brings us to our next one. NBC News reported that there was a fake Joe Biden robocall telling New Hampshire Democrats not to vote Thursday, which let's go ahead and get the New Hampshire update in there. <laughs> oh, it's, it's all going together. The guy, Superman, Dean Kane. Dean Kane. He was the only Dean Phillips. <laughs> he was the only one on the ballot. And he lost. What? No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. Did you not see the Democratic primary the, ballot? The only name on the ballot was Dean Kane. I promise you. Dean, and he lost. Dean Kane. That is. What are you talking about? None of that is true. Yes. Dean Phillips in New Hampshire got nineteen point six percent of the vote. He was the only one on the ballot. Marianne Williamson got four percent of the vote. Hang on. Hang on. Bear with me. Paper Boy Prince got 322 votes. <laughs> That's my favorite one. President Booty <laughs> got 136 votes. Oh, there's some good names on here. Unprocessed Write-In got 41 <laughs> votes. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Who won the Democratic primary? Uh, J- Joe Biden. <laughs> was he on the ballot? He was not, which Thank is actually you. quite impressive. Thank you very much. 64% of the vote. Anyway, AI robocall, artificial intelligence, might be artificial ignorance. But that that's the one you can worry about. That is going to be a well, ex- major problem. Your vigilance here is warranted. Yeah. Pay uh, attention. And maybe on this social media platforms like Meta and TikTok, maybe that's not a good source of information. I'm not sure. No, I agree with you. I'm not sure. If you see something on any of these platforms that automatically confirms anything you already believe wholeheartedly, immediately take it with skepticism. And try to go to the real website. Here's how you know, like, who owns the website? Well, whatever the term is in front of .com, whatever word is in front of .com, that is the owner of that website. The more you know, Braden. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. you. Uh, Republican primary, Donald Trump, 54.3% of the vote, 176,000. Uh, he picked up 12 delegates in the Republican primary. Nikki Haley uh, got 43.2% of the vote. She gave her uh, victory speech, uh, second place speech. She did it when it was about a five or six point race. It got worse as the night went along. 140,000 votes, gained nine delegates. Little Ronnie Puddin fingers. Dropped out of the race immediately after our pod dropped last week. Uh, he did get 2,000 votes. Ultimately, this is there's two things to be taken away from this because we talked a little bit about some of the underlying Iowa numbers last week. 
to me at least, this is my perception. Tell me what you think. The electorate in New Hampshire is far more independent, far more moderate, far more democratic, far less evangelical Christian. That is why Nikki Haley was even in the conversation. Not it, because they have open primaries and all the Democrats went in there and voted for I, I doubt that, but which you could do here technically, right? If, if you were a Democrat. Open primaries here. You were a Democrat and you wanted to continue to, how should I put this? Help Nikki Haley take shots at Donald Trump for as long as possible, which is the other big thing to take away from this, is that Nikki Haley now goes to her home state of South Carolina. She's down large in polling. The polling is kind of old. We'll see if she gets a bounce from New Hampshire, but she's staying in. And since that night has been fighting like it's an actual campaign. What did you say about... What did you say about current Vice Mayor Angie Henderson during her campaign? Don't be afraid to take a shot, right? They have all been terrified of the big bad wolf the entire time and have not taken shots, which is a strange way to win Republican voters. Which, by the way, is not fucking working. (laughs) Funny thing about trying to win the Republican primary is you need Republicans to vote for you. (laughs) It's a crazy concept. It's crazy. But... I mean, they're going to have this uh, showdown in South Carolina where Nikki Haley was the former governor, but Trump has a huge lead, much more evangelical, much more far, far fewer independents. We'll find out. But what is good for, again, if you are a Joe Biden supporter or a Democrat, what is good is you want Nikki Haley to stay in the race as long as possible and to continue to say the things she is saying about Donald Trump, because finally she is acting like it is an actual campaign. And by doing that, you can point out things like, mental mistakes and just the crazy shit that the guy says sometimes that the media, frankly, is not covering enough. The media needs to cover the stuff Donald Trump is saying. Because he had a total meltdown on Tuesday night. Her campaign so far, to me, appears to be, I'm not one of those two old fuckers. Vote for me. I'm younger. And I'll I'll spend less than $7 trillion or whatever. And by the way, Braden, when there was a vacancy in the United States Senate in South Carolina when Nikki Haley was governor, she appointed a guy named Tim Scott to be the U.S. Senator. Who did he endorse in that race? Nikki Haley? Nope. <laughs> he's he's kissed the ring. He's been the, he's bent the knee. There's no question. I I think look if people who know you the most are voting for the other guy, it's probably not a good sign. But again, all I mean, that- you told me whoever wins Iowa doesn't win. No, they don't. But we're in a different situation. You well, keep you keep trying to tell me that Trump is not an incumbent. He is essentially an incumbent. He is seeking the third term. He's 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 forty five six dash, and a half dash and forty seven. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. But again, what you want is when when Trump is most visible is when he is at his weakest, and when Trump is least visible, is he he gains strength. And Nikki Haley being in the race longer. If you are a moderate or a left-leaning Biden supporter, you want Nikki Haley to be in the race as long as possible, take it all the way to Super Tuesday, and just t- throw body blows the entire time. Because none of these candidates have done that at any point during the campaign, and she's finally starting to do it. It actually sounds like a campaign. So that's what you want if you're a Democrat. Well, Especially when 45-47 has a temper tantrum after winning by 11 points. <laughs> He can't stay on script for very long. That's why you need to put the speech on television. He can't stay on script for that long. So The question would be, can Joe Biden repeat or not? Yeah, that's a bigger question. That's Democratic turnout. That's how excited are people. That's moderates in the suburbs. That's he lost a big, he, he 
the numbers with the Latin vote were much worse than I think they expected in 2020. So there's a lot of chunks of people he needs to win back of different different cross sections. So we shall see. It's gonna be a it's gonna be such a great year. <laughs> Consequential, you've called it. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal for Nashville, but maybe important for the rest of the country as well. All right, uh, special episode with Melissa Alexander coming up soon. So stay tuned to the feed. Please uh, subscribe, share the product, and give us a five star rating. If you do not give five stars, you are a hater. There you have it. So we appreciate you hanging out. Go to Eighth and Roast, everybody. I got, I got one more. Eighth and Roast. Oh, you got another one. Okay. February is Black History Month. What's different about February? Is there a shorter month? <laughs> there is not. There, Interesting. There's Black no History Month. I got a recommendation. There is not a shorter month. <laughs> Maybe we need 13 months. Which one has the fewest days? All right. <laughs> Give you that one. Do you believe in coincidence, Braden? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> not me. Go read. Occasionally. Go read Cast by Isabella Wilkerson. If you've already read it, fantastic book. Very eye-opening. Helps you understand the ways of the United States of America and the world. Cast by Isabella Wilkerson for Black History Month. That's a, that's an important recommendation. I'm going to give you a extremely unimportant recommendation. I want I want everyone to watch Saltburn and tell me what the hell they think. It's on Amazon. Go watch it. It is wild. It's wild. I've already seen it twice. It's wild. I want you to watch it. I want you to watch it with the misses, Jay. So tell me what you think. All I want to know. Go watch Saltburn. I, I want. I'm, I'm just watching council connect that's the only that's the only thing i, I got my eyes on Braden. sounds way more entertaining go check that out eighth and roast of course better beans more ethically sourced better product and of course a place where you can come hang out with uh jamie holland on the first tuesday of every month at 8 a.m and 8 30 ish for the rest of us charlotte avenue location they've got four locations across the city so go check them out if you're hitting the airport make sure you swing by eighth and roast if you're over by vanderbilt they've got a vanderbilt west end location of course, their original location on 8th and Roast. And, quick shout out, brand new chef at Cinema. I hear stories that it's excellent. So go check out Cinema. Sister store. Is that, can I say that a sister store of 8th and Roast? I got one more then. Oh, you got more? This is it. 8th and Roast. 8th and Roast. Florida. Orange County. Starting a pilot program to give free therapy and access to mental health services for minors. It's free. The county's going to pay for it. Nashville policymakers. Hello. Hello. We're knocking. If it can be done in Orange County, Florida, it can be done here. Let's so, do it. So maybe they don't? No, Nuzzo, is what you're saying. Is that the name of the guy that was from Florida that said, you know, is- Nuzzo, what you're talking about right here, Braden. <laughs> so, nah. <laughs> He's the one that came to the legislature and said that there is no benefit to therapy for children. Is that correct? And he He's does from Florida, right? He doesn't know so nothing, but orange County, I'm not sure if it's thanks to the contrary. Well done. Way to finish. Stay tuned on the feed. Melissa Alexander coming up this week. So extra episode. We do appreciate you guys. Please share the product. Tell somebody about the show. It is how the audience grows. Come hang out with us on February 6th, the first Tuesday of each month. Make sure you contact your local elected officials and give us a five-star review. We're not asking that it's much. It's a rating. We don't care about reviews. I like That's the review. Words. I like reading the it's reviews. Words. 
I like reading the reviews. They're, it's all action. It's all action. It's what it is. For Jamie Holland, I'm Braden Gall. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.